from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, July 29th, 2016, and it's a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by the Israel Tourism Board. If you've been thinking about your next travel adventure, Israel is inviting you to come experience the Holy Land for yourself. I'll tell you this, having been several times, as a Christian, it I, I would say every Christian needs to go and experience Israel for themselves. They need to see it. More than uh, the Holy Land experience in Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to give you a taste. You. It's an appetizer. <laughs> it, the actual Israel is the entree. Well, you better hurry because Holy Land is having garage sales. You know, they're selling everything. Oh, really? What? Oh, huge losses this year. They're selling off a ton of stuff. Oh, Lots wow. of rumors. Dude, why aren't you there right now? Wait, are you serious? Up? No, I'm totally serious. Because Jan's passed on. That was her pet project. Oh, yeah. And they're liquidating. Well, not they're not like they're not saying they're done, but they are getting rid of a ton of gigantic golden thrones and old, yeah, because old, that was her taste and old, not old Roman the, outfits the new and stuff. regimes. So taste. they're either updating it to be more of a contemporary message kind of Bible, or they're just they're going Eugene Peterson on us, right yeah, now. or they're just shutting it down and selling it off to Target or whatever. Maybe they should sell it to the actual like ship it over to Israel. Either way, I think we have proven <laughs> our point through a process of deduction that really you should just go to Israel. Yeah, yeah exactly. go to the, the real only thing. solution to this. Is Head to the real Israel. Go to the real Israel. First of all, it's easy to fly to. I mean, it's not that. Ex- I mean, it's not prohibitively expensive. It's safe. It's easy. It's a modern country. If you're gonna oh yeah, pick no pick a spot in the Middle East, which everybody needs to experience, Israel's a place to go. Israel. First of all, I've literally always said that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, as a Christian, I have not had. I mean, I've been to a lot of Christian conferences. I, oh, uh, but I'll, I'll my tell you hands this: are up right now. the physical, the uh, the physical place and experience thing of having a spiritual moment. I've had yeah. a few memorable ones, but there are. When I was in Galilee, I've mm-hmm. never felt more of a connection to Scripture. Yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. literally walking where this happened. Oh yeah, you know, you can literally sit where the Sermon on the Mount happened. They're not guessing; they know exactly where it was. And then you can see the city on a hill, and you can see the cliffs where the demon pigs ran into the Sea of Galilee. You know, and demon pigs. No, no, it's our band. Well, I was going to say that's, that's like that's the number like two thing. popular location. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you can pigs. physically see, it, and it's like, oh, like you can see the wind and the rain sweep in over the hill, and like you can see how this, like, what is essentially a lake, the Sea of Galilee, how it could turn into the the stormy waters yeah. of the, you know. It really makes the ancient very present. Like, you feel the typography, not typography, topography. And the typography. Which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Dead Sea Scrolls. All the typography is just unforgettable. Joy, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. That was rude. Oh, no, I'm used to it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the Garden of Gethsemane, I think that's that, for me, was so powerful, of looking at these trees and being like, this is where Jesus was. This is where he wept and he prayed. And it's super moving. And every time I hear these endorsements for Travel Israel, I'm so bummed because we're going on this tour in a couple of weeks, but it's like an organized tour. And we were going to stay for like three extra days, but then we got overwhelmed with like, how do we plan? How do we know where to go? And now every time I hear this, I'm like, oh, we could have used Travel Israel. You know, when, I, when I visited Gethsemane, better. I could not tarry an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I had to, I had a lot to see that day. Yeah, 
I had to move on. You got, <laughs> you got a lot to do. Israel, the land where anything is possible. Go to Israel.travel and discover the side of Israel you've never seen. They really get that slogan more than anyone else. Like Las Vegas could use where anything's possible, but Israel really gets yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Literally anything. We're talking about the beginning, the end. <laughs> We're talking from all the, all the important stuff. You know, that was the crazy thing is to see like <laughs> Megiddo and to see like, oh, this is the the valley where the biblical prophecy of like the battle of Armageddon is going to happen. You drive through it and you see how it's like a a little choke point in this area where like if armies were marching in, they would have to go through this pass. If if you want to go from Europe to, you know, Africa, you would have to go through this little pass in this valley and you're going, yeah, this is the biblical prophecy. Oh, there's where Jesus was ascended into heaven over there on that hilltop over there. I mean, you literally just see it. It's crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a great pokey stop. You can, Go right up over there. <laughs> I don't bet it is. <laughs> yeah. Some rare Israel, ones in there. Littered with Pokestops. <laughs> Zubats everywhere. <laughs> Impossible yeah. to catch. Yeah. Impossible. Right. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, for reals, could you go over to Bible Land for me and just check on what the shipping and handling would be for one of those gold thrones? Yeah, I will. Actually, I'm really... Yeah, that I'm neat. telling you, everything... Podcast memorabilia. A lot of Roman, uh, like Roman soldier stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I mean, there. Halloween having, costumes abound. Well, the it Holy is. Land Experience um, mini theme park um, was started by a Messianic Jewish organization, you know, back, you know, they're the ones who built it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then about a decade ago, TBN, the Christian Network, mm-hmm. um, took it over for them. Yeah. And when they did, they basically went in and spray painted everything gold. Yeah, and they TBN'd it. Yeah. But here's the other weird thing. I, I recently did like a listicle on the site about Christian theme parks and, the uh, and, and attractions. And the Holy Land it isn't just like, you, you know, this like educational replica of the Holy Land or like just Bible land. There's a putt putt course there. Yeah, there's, there's a, a rock, rock wall. wall. There's a they rock sell wall. Goliath no burgers. Yeah. Like you can you can watch a mock crucifiction, yeah. but wow. I can also play nine holes. Uh, you know, you can be chowing down on your turkey leg while you're watching a mock crucifixion. Yeah, yeah, it's like when the Creation Museum needed to up the ante to get more people in. This is prior to the Ark, and they built a zipline course. Yeah, <laughs> because like no matter what your theological leanings are, yeah, it, it, only heretics don't like ziplines. <laughs> like a true sociopath would not have fun zipping around. You, you know, know I, I told you uh, six months ago when I ran into Jan Crouch uh, mm-hmm. shopping in Park Avenue. Uh, I wonder yeah. if that's what did it. She, uh, she gave, gave me tickets to Holy Land. And, she you know, just, she just carries them. them. She had, just that's has them. I, I picture them, though, if Jan Crouch personally gave them to you, I'm presuming they were gold, and they're basically like for a behind-the-scenes <laughs> Willy Wonka. Yeah, it was. Right, it was. Right, they right, were right. gold. They yeah. were like foil, gold foil, and they were special Jan Crouch tickets. And they, they hand you tickets. a gigantic two-foot-tall pink uh, cotton candy on the way in. Yeah. They're like, this is the jam. The world imagination. Cohen will go to real Israel. Far before he goes to the fake Israel. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and here with me in our Orlando studios, want- we're all back together, yeah. finally, a normal podcast. Eddie Big Cat Coffee. I Koffeltz. want a golden goose daddy. That's right. <laughs> Over there on the ones and twos, our producer, Chandler Strang, hello, my brother. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich Reed. 
present. I, it has been a solid month since we've had a, a normal show. Right. Just, nor- just the family, no audience. Because you were gone last week. I was gone last week. Jesse did a fine job hosting. Fantastic. Yeah, that's debate. That's no, debate. No, well, Cameron, not, did you listen? Not I, first of all, I didn't listen because I lost uh, I lost my phone in the, in right. the ocean. Yeah. Uh, so I had no technology. Right. But... I, I got back and got a new phone and was logging yeah. into Twitter and logging into everything, saw all these notifications of, about the show, right. opened it up just to see what the, the scuttlebutt is, the buzz. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and the first one I laid eyes on was, um, guys, was the episode this week edited? And oh. I said, nope, I'm not going to read the rest of them. <laughs> Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. So, oh. yeah. I, I believe that one. And then he put a with, train wreck emoji. It was emoji. a train wreck, but a work of oh, art. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, thought it was yeah. a good, I, I didn't listen to the final product, but I thought it was totally fine. Cool. Yeah, Cameron, I'll, I'll summarize it for you. Basically, Jesse went from being our brother uh-huh. to being our dad. Yeah. <laughs> and that was and I disciplined. <laughs> it was very serious. Jesse had his announcer voice on the whole time. Well, anyhow, uh, back to it, you guys. What do we have this week in, what do we have this week in slices? Uh, boy, did you guys hear about this? Uh, Taylor Swift got in uh, quite a kerfuffle with. Uh, in, and then, so. So, so basically, what happens is like like Kevin Durant leaves the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now Russell Westbrook next season is right. going to have to overcompensate and fill that void. Huh. But he's not going to be the Russell that we've known. Yeah. yeah, he has to change. There's a brush of arrogance in that whole analogy, but I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, I will take Westbrook. Yeah, it's fine. Jesse can be wet, Westbrook. Oh, man. Well, we have a great show in store today. Um, Theologian, author, speaker, Oz Guinness joins us. Oz Guinness coming up at you. And uh, and after that, we have Jesse uh, made a game, Shark Tank Rejects. So Oz Guinness, an absolute... Oh man, his writing. Give me a fun one. He's like the best. Oh yeah. Who got are you talking you? about my games or are you talking about Oz Guinness? Oz Guinness. Oh. Uh, the yeah. Call, if you're in your 20s and you haven't read The Call, you're not ready to be done with your 20s. Interesting. You yeah. got to read that book. The, he is amazing. I, I missed that book. I, well, so I should go back. It. I mean, you're pretty clear on what's going on at this point, but Yeah, but I'm I'm immature. Oz Guinness The Call, that is required reading. Interesting. Like required reading, I believe. Yeah. Literally told Matt this story last night that one of my favorite moments, because you know how Facebook does those like flashback photos now? Yeah. And yesterday, one of me and Ozzy popped wow. up because we were at this event and he was sitting in the back row. So I sat in the back row with him. Yeah. And he's like, there was somebody lecturing, but I could tell he was like writing something that wasn't taking notes on the talk. And so I just like leaned over and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, are you writing a book? And he was like, yes, the outline to one. I can't do his accent. Yeah, but. yeah. You're like, oh, and so then he, oh, cool. Yeah, it was just amazing. We like became friends. And then he told me like to go pick up these books at some Oxford bookstore. And I was like, okay, yes, Oz, I will do whatever you say. <laughs> so. That's awesome. My only Oz Guinness encounter was at a dinner in January where we had assigned seats. And I was sat next to Oz and his wife on yeah. my right side, and on my left side was Willie from Duck Dynasty. So I was at a table with spectrum. Willie, Jordan Smith, and Oz Guinness. You had the full spectrum of high and low culture. No disrespect to Duck and Dynasty. And I'm right there in the middle. I don't think I'm, they I'm would right in the middle. themselves any other I think, way. I think we were the uh, spectrum. Our table was the Christianity spectrum. Yeah. Willie on one side, Oz on the other, and I'm just in the, the meaty you middle. Are, you are the weekend between the RNC and the DNC. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron talks to him, and it's a fascinating conversation. Oh, Aaron's so smart. We yeah. love Aaron. Uh, we talk about faith in the digital age and how uh, how we engage our faith has fundamentally changed because 
of everybody has a platform now and yeah it's just interesting his perspective is. is really interesting yeah is he writing a book on it or it was just a a series of 6,000 tweets about it. <laughs> <laughs> really on fire. Really. You are. <laughs> now, Jesse, this is the first time we've talked in a while because I was gone all last week. How yeah. do you Are you suffering from any PTSD from the Nicolas Cage <laughs> Trapped in a Cage How marathon? How you not? I mean, thankfully, I, I, I literally immediately following, you know, going to sleep, I went on vacation for a week. Had I not, I probably would have gone, had a, a nervous breakdown. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, and I want to hear your take on it because, yeah, we haven't really talked since then. Yeah, no, uh, we just didn't uh, even want to look each other in the eye after that. Yeah, yeah I, I would say this, th- like four or five hours in, I thought this is a breeze. This is easy. Yeah. 12 hours I was not I was not sure we were going to finish that thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. I I it, it was I was telling I I kind of recounted it on the uh the kitchen table episode 2 weeks ago when we had to record the podcast in my kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um I kind of filled people in on 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 our experience and stuff like that. I just want to make sure you're okay yeah. after uh, trapped in the cage. How, do you know what the financial total is? Uh It, it, it surpassed 30,000 today. Awesome. I get yes. little email notifications from people that I say it's like $30,500, which is way more than I thought it was going to do. Three full really well. something. Yeah. And I mentioned this, I mentioned this uh uh last episode, Cameron, that, you know, during the challenge, you know, I would say during the last stretch, I started thinking of like what I'm going to have to do next year in order to top this thing. And I got a feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach (laughs) (laughs) because it it doesn't get much worse. I I pitched an idea last week that I don't know that I'll do. And we don't have to get into it because we mentioned it last week. But the only thing I could do (laughs) was to do the Nicolas Cage or Nickelback equivalent of another area of culture was to eat nothing but Guy Fieri food for an extended period of time and go lost in flavor. I think you got to go another way. I think you got to go. You had, you had Nick Olback. You had Nick Ellis Cage. You got to go with Nick. And I think you got to go Nick Walenda. And I think you need to do some sort of Nick Walenda thing next year. I Just mean, assuming that it's not going to... On a tightrope between yeah. two tall buildings. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, but he could elevate what Nick Walenda does. Nick Walenda's stuff is done in a minute and a half. Yeah. I think you got to go David Blaine on that Nick Walenda thing, and you got to do some sort of endurance uh, Nick Walenda thing. Like sitting at the top of a pole for like a month. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> in the winter in holy land it's yeah. over, flag over hole. niagara falls i agree yeah. yeah yeah i think we got to think up some nick walinda level yeah. stuff yeah yes. and they, they're based down in tampa i mean we could get them involved nick i'm Wal- sure i'm oh, yeah. sure i mean from what i've seen i follow him pretty closely his schedule is wide open at the moment <laughs> so jesse we also this weekend we're he and i are going out to Lollapalooza for our annual right. trek to chicago and uh we're going uh, out on friday and guess who's guess who we're gonna hang out with I, okay. Sean and Equist. Listen, I'm about halfway through her book. Yeah. This is her best. I mean, all of her books are great. This book yeah. is really special. For, for new listeners, uh, Sean and Equist was a cast member here on the show for a couple of years. Uh, she's an author, she's a speaker, and she has a new book coming out in August, August 9th, called Present Over Perfect. You know what's hard about this book? It's like too, it's hitting too close to home. Yeah. And you're kind of like, I don't want to be formed by this right now. So I find myself like <laughs> pushing back from it. That's you know, why people stop going to church. No, that's right. Yeah, they don't like the conviction, <laughs> and they yeah, it's great, <laughs> right? So, like, her book is amazing, and she is amazing. I'm glad you're getting to see her. Yeah, we're yeah. going to see her. Jesse and I are going to actually record a segment with her for the oh, podcast for next episode. Be a blast. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. Are you going to talk about the book? Yeah. 
good. Yeah, we're going to talk about the book. So I got I got it as well. I got to read mm-hmm. it before Friday. Yeah, oh, it's good. I, so. I actually I literally have it right here next to me. That's not I, that's unplanned. Osmosis, it's because it's just trying table. To, yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going out to Chicago. So we'll record something with uh, Shauna, and then we'll do the thing where we see 180 bands in three yeah. days and come back exhausted. So um, you know, just normal weekend with Jesse. Lala is always a uh, disaster in a good way. Like you always come back yeah. and you're like, oh, it was so hot, or it was so like this thing was happening. There's always crazy stories from. Yeah, the, there's either a typhoon or a heat wave. Yeah. Or a, the Lala recap always brings me joy. So yeah, it's always the unexpected things that make that right. You know that that are noteworthy. What are the bands that are like headlining this? Radiohead. Show? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Oh my. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's, that's cool. Friday night, and uh, they're playing at the same time as Major Lazer, who I love. And so I'm going to see a little Radiohead, and I'm going to go over to Major Laser. Yeah, me and seven people. See, I feel like I feel like your opportunities to see Radiohead are probably limited. You That's could right. probably see Major Laser. I've already seen Radiohead at Lollapalooza. You know what I mean? It's hard, yeah, because Radiohead really is one of those bands that, like, I feel like at any time could just say, "And we're done forever," and then they never yeah. see them again. Yeah, true. I know. I felt like Lala was this mix of feeling really young, like when we saw Outcast, I was like, yes, <laughs> and then feeling really old when I would see these young girls in like short shorts and people just like out of control, and I'd be like, oh, where's your mother? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm at I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not going to stop going because if I stop going, it's because I'm too old for this. Right, you're quitting. And yeah. so, like, yeah. I've, I have admitted that I've crossed a new season of life. Mm-hmm. I will be going well into my 70s. Yeah, but at this point, you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> right. right. Like, they know, like... I'm the chaperone here. <laughs> right. You're so. you're Steve Buscemi in that episode of 30 Rock. Hi, fellow teens. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a backwards hat and a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the good thing about Lala, different from Bonnaroo and Coachella and others, is that uh, Lala is downtown Chicago, right. and there are a lot of, like professionals there yeah yeah like like there are like areas that like i don't want to hang out with the kids so i'll hang out over here right well, and so i can hang out with my peer group yeah and location wise you can tap out yeah <laughs> here's always. a question i have that, that that's about age appropriateness for music festivals okay yeah. i've heard it said that for like wearing a jersey right it stops becoming appropriate when you are older than the athlete whose jersey you're wearing. Oh, yeah. so if, you're kid, if you're a kid, the spectrum is is open to you. Because there's hope in that jersey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. Like, but once I become, like right now, I'm not rocking like, you, you know, uh, like an NBA rookie's jersey here. Yeah. Like my options are, are pretty limited. Like it's like old guys could wear Brett Favre jerseys back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but it, there comes a certain point. So my question is for music festivals, hmm. as long as one of the main acts is older than you, I feel like it's totally acceptable. Well, then Radiohead. There you go. Radiohead. Yeah, well, Radiohead. Radiohead. Thank you. They're, they're, those guys are, are probably approaching 50. Yeah, yeah, but the question is, is is like, you know how Lala will do. They'll do like uh, they main Paul stage the, the Cure, yeah. Paul McCartney. So are we the vintage, like kind of retro act? Well, you I, know, like, like if we're looking to them as like, oh, I'm still age appropriate. No. No, Paul think- McCartney wings wasn't going to do Lollapalooza. Paul McCartney had to have like a full resurgence. Yeah. Like he had to come back and yeah. then be. So I think you So they just- need to be it's not a comeback. You yeah. can't look to that as like the comeback. So so Radiohead never went away. So no, as long as they're all. in the no, mix. Radiohead is one of the few timeless like yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. they're just they're A list forever. Yeah. Yeah. True. yeah. That's true. I I would I I'm going to go until I see Arcade Fire again. Arcade Fire 
at Lollapalooza was one of the most significant musical experiences of my life. It was like transcendent. I was yeah. there. They're the best. That, that, was, that was the year you went? Yeah. It was good. Did I lose you? Yeah. Because I <laughs> I watched them with like Ugh. by myself. Yeah. Sir, with like the Mute Math guys. Yeah. Right. I don't remember what happened. But By the way, they'll, they'll be there. Did you take your child harness off? <laughs> so, so next week's episode Shauna will be our guest which is Love weird her. and awesome Yeah, and uh, we'll have our Lollapalooza recap alright we'll move in the show along it's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment it's time for In Case You Missed It In Case You Missed It you know that show Preachers we talked about or it's the yeah. the guy from The View and he's like uh, got this talk show of uh, Christian preachers uh, well, it's found itself in controversy this week uh, over comments about open marriages. I'll say this, though. It did make me, like, I mean, they'll hear the, you know, we have a clip we'll play. But, like, it made you realize, like, the difference between someone who does interviews professionally, you know, like a broadcaster and a pastor who their typical mode of communication is one-sided. Like, you could see how things could come off the rails a bit as we'll as we'll get into and not only one-sided but one-sided with a group of people that basically they've trained to listen to the way they talk and so it's like yeah well we're interview where interviewers are trained to push back yeah it's a stocked know? pond when you're preaching yeah. the show yeah. uh, stars four african-american uh, pastors who engage with guests and topics in a talk show format yeah. on a recent show lakewood church associate pastor john gray who's been in our magazine mm-hmm. and jamal uh bryant of baltimore's empowerment temple ame church were interviewing actress monique and her husband when the topic of open marriages came up. Yeah, j- just for context on this clip, Monique and her husband are engaged in an open relationship, which means they essentially allow each other to sleep with other people. Uh, during the interview, Bryant seemed to offhandedly endorse open relationships. Here's a clip. And my best friend said to me, Mama, I've loved you since the 10th grade. Do you think you being with another man is going to have anything to do with me loving you? And then he said, well, you know, if you can be with other men, I can be with other women. I said, well, that's not what I meant now. (laughs) That's not what I meant. But it was my idea because I wanted to be open and honest with the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I, I think I think that's amazing. Uh, and a lot of people think that that's novel and y'all church people are going to have a heart attack. Monique is from Baltimore with me. So I believed in open marriage. I just forgot to tell my ex-wife about it. <laughs> so it, 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 it didn't go well. <laughs> but exactly. I think that the, but the had key you, is... Had you had that conversation. The key is that conversation. Mm-hmm. But the biblical part I've got to ask yes. uh, is not as entertainers, but as believers, mm-hmm. how do you find that balance that we say that the bedroom is sacred mm-hmm. for the two of you? Who am I to tell her what she can and cannot do? And if I did Indeed. tell her what she could and could not do, is there a possibility that she could still do it anyway? I, I would. Wow. Okay. And then that's called cheating. And oh. then that's called what you guys consider a sin. Oh, do you know that, you know that emoji where oh like the face has the gritted teeth? <laughs> that yeah, is all four of one. us right now. Yeah. All four of us yeah. just yeah. looking around yeah. the room. We're all like, oh, yeah. mine is the one. Mine is also the emoji that has like no facial expression, <laughs> just the eyes. <laughs> just right. the eyes. That, that one is the John Gray facial expression, yeah. just <laughs> sitting there with like a grin. Like, Let's just go. Oh to the man, next. this is all happening around. John Gray me right is literally now. like, I do not want to say a word and be in this transcript. <laughs> yeah. I am just going to sit I here. Don't want them to mention me as they talk about this on the news for the next. 
last week. Uh, I do feel like though, as a as a preacher, right? I mean, that's the title of the show. You're a you're a Christian minister that that you know has trained in theology and spiritual direction. I do feel like there you do have some responsibility here to speak from a perspective that it would be widely considered biblical and not seem yeah. to endorse behavior that isn't. So so John Gray, he went on to say that in his household, an open relationship would lead to a 100% divorce rate. <laughs> um, well, okay, uh, not unexpectedly, the interview caused a massive blowback online. Uh, it caused Bryant to address the haters, that's in quotes, on the next episode saying he was just joking and he really believes in marriage or and it's between two people. Here's a clip of his apology. I watched a clip on YouTube. So let me say thank you uh, to all of my haters. Uh, and thank you to all of our celebrators. Uh, we broke a record uh, last week when uh, Monique and her husband Sid uh, came on. Many of you know Monique is the famed, uh, highly acclaimed actress and comedian uh, who is my sister and friend from Baltimore. Uh, she came and talked about open marriages, uh, and I made a jest uh, joke about open marriages, and uh, my mother called me sleepless in Seattle, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what did I mean uh, laughing about open marriages. Am I for open marriages? God is not pleased. So I'm not talking to any of the millions of y'all watching. This is dear mama. Please know uh, that I still believe uh, marriage is between two people and what God has brought together. Let nobody put asunder. So, so basically that segment is their uh, version of... Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that when I did hear him say it the first time, it did feel like one of those like um, stage jokes where like you're pretty yeah. nervous and you just say something. And oh, I like, do it all the time. That's why yeah, we edit the yeah. show. Right. It, I say I mean, the most I, inappropriate <laughs> jokes. If, yeah. I would have to do hater apologies every week. It, if, felt, it felt like a weird, it was definitely a weird one, but it didn't feel like, a, oh, this no, guy's hard. But, but I get it. Like he's, he's humanizing himself, which I think is a good thing. I think he was trying know? to be self-deprecating because yeah. it's kind of known that he cheated on his wife as a famous yeah. pastor yeah. and he's divorced but, but, now. But he also right. used the words, I think that's amazing. Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah. that's that, that weird banter of you're like, don't yeah, know what yeah, to but, say. Yeah, but I'm just saying, as someone in his position, yeah, he's yeah, got to yeah. be extra careful oh, with yeah. his words. And I get yeah. it. Like, I'm, I, like, he apologized or, 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 or clarified. So I'm not like trying to throw him under the bus. Yeah. But it just shows the risk of this type of format, especially when you're dealing with sticky topics like this. Yeah, and these guys are still figuring out how to be like riff on TV. Yeah, and it, exactly. like everybody's like listening to every word. In case you missed it, John Gray this week tweeted, very grateful for the Preacher's TV show. I have much to learn and I'm so glad God has more grace than some saints. Love y'all <laughs> for supporting. And then he said, uh, Lord, teach me your ways and build your church and give me the grace for those who are intent not to extend that same grace to me. So, hmm. wow. Well, there you go. There we have it. Uh, just, just starting in case you missed it with a wallop. Well, I, well, <laughs> I will say this: at least the show is bringing faith conversations to the national dialogue. Hey, in case you missed it uh, this week, all those ice bucket challenges—they've uh, led to a major ALS breakthrough. Oh. The viral ice bucket challenge last year that uh, has <laughs> has actually made a huge difference, which is great to hear because a lot of people were very critical of like, where's all this money going? Yeah. for awareness. More than $115 million was raised through wow. the viral trend after 17 million people took the challenge posting videos online. All that money has funded several major research projects, and one just made an important gene discovery. As part of Project MIN-E, M-I-N and a capital E, 
which is funded by the Ice Bucket Challenge. 80 researchers around the world searched for ALS wrist genes. They were able to identify one, which allowed scientists to work on developing gene therapy treatment, representing a major breakthrough in the fight against ALS. Wild. This week. There you go. That, we, you know, we did that because somebody, I don't I remember. I remember. I remember yeah. seeing but it. Jimmy, but my daughters, I think it's their earliest memory in their life. Because like they were young when we did that. Yeah, you, you basically dunked your babies. No, no, they dunked us. It was, oh, it was a baby baptism. <laughs> yeah. You combined it with a baptism. I don't think baptism, either Lucy yeah. remember anything. <laughs> you guys yeah. put them in pretty dresses and took them it, to church. And it then, was really very holy. You <laughs> had the priests sprinkle them in an ice bucket challenge, which is very cold holy water. That's all. Yay for ALS. It's a jest, people. Hey, I'm have joking. you seen that? Like, <laughs> hey, what does Monique think about this? What has been the deal with people posting about like 30 days of like with my wife? Have you seen that? Like you post a picture with your spouse every day. I've seen something along the lines like you, 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 or you post one thing you appreciate about a loved one or something every day. Right? Is there a hashtag or something? I think so. I shouldn't have brought it up if I didn't know more about it. I was, off, just, I have, I was off social media for a solid week, so I've missed all this. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Hey, but which was which was nice, by the way. Like not not having a phone. Yeah. Wait, so you for real dropped your phone in the ocean? Well, Cohen and I went on a cruise last week to the mm-hmm. Caribbean, and on Tuesday. Uh, we were in St. Martin, and he we had a GoPro, and I had my iPhone. That's what we were taking pictures with all week. And while I was signing us up for jet skis, because I took him on his first jet skiing, which was awesome, uh, he was playing in the waves, and a big wave walloped him, and the GoPro just was gone, right? Uh-huh. So that was in the morning, and he was upset about it. I was not happy about it, obviously. So, you know, Dad was like, you know, it was a teaching moment, right? And then um, at the end of the day, when we're waiting on the dock to go back to the boat, that was the last time I remember seeing my iPhone. So I think I left it on the dock. So daddy had to apologize to the six-year-old that we all make mistakes. And he forgave me. (laughs) (laughs) It was the most humbling thing as a parent that I lost my iPhone after I taught him a lesson about being responsible with our things. Oh, yeah. uh, I apologize. I mean, I apologize to my kid, each one of them. Mm, every two days. You know what? You know what? <laughs> just, just a blanket apology, and Eddie. Like, just like, listen, I'm sorry for the last two days. Yeah, I, I, we went back. We seriously went back to the cabin, and, yeah. and and I said, "Hey, buddy, can I talk to you for a minute?" And mm. and we sat down, and he goes, "Are you going to say you're sorry?" Oh. <laughs> I mean, like oh. not like excuse me, but he could see in my eyes. Yeah, I was really the, remorseful. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, and he him. he was like, "Dad, it's okay." You know, like yeah. I understand. You know, whatever. But like. Hey, I'm glad that I'm a he's parent. Like, he's or like, my Dad, kid. listen, I totally understand, but sometimes you just need to be responsible with our things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was glad that we can talk in a way, and he's only six, that he knows that Dad will admit when he's wrong. My, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. my daughters will ask me routinely when I'm apologizing. Lucy will just go, um, are you about to cry? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to cry <laughs> no, this time. No, I have, it's allergy season for one. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have seen me cry so many times. They're just like, oh gosh, here he I goes. I onions in there for dinner. Thank yeah. you. It's taco night. Not anymore. I threw the onions out. Don't even look for them. That's why. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Also, leave me alone. Go, Let's move on. Apologies. Oh, go to your room. I'm going outside but, for a couple minutes. I gotta. I just you know, need to. Apology rescinded. You're grounded. See. Don't ya. look at me. But we were. Don't look at me. But we. I didn't want to like go through the week without a camera, so we replaced the GoPro. But I didn't. I wasn't able to replace my phone yeah. until I got back. So I had to no. go the whole week without. You know. Twitter I kind of love that for you, though. No, I. Me too. It, it was, was like. 
There's part free. of me that wants you to walk on the boat and toss all that stuff overboard, <laughs> though it is an expensive and ridiculous kind of thing. Yeah. But it's a little bit of the, like jumping off the dock. It thing, was right? great. Like, yeah, it was like I unintended, but I was disconnected, and it was great, and and it was so cool. Like going through just last night, yeah. um, go, like kind of uploading everything into my phone, all the pictures from the week, yeah. and just kind of reliving it, and you know whatever. It's like, yeah. It was cool. I like not being connected. Yeah. It's like uh, my light phone. Your what? Have you guys not What's heard that? about this phone I ordered? No. Well, I'm ready to talk no. about this now. So Light L I G H T was a Kickstarter and they're in production right now. But it is a little tiny phone about the size of a credit card that basically you turn on call forwarding on your iPhone and it sends calls to this light phone and you take it with you and it is completely like all it does is make and receive calls. You can't text, you can't do anything on the talk this to people. Well, but it's like for mer- like when I'm out with, like when I'm out with the kids, uh-huh. I'd love to have enough self control to not like check the buzz and be like, oh, okay, well, I got to respond to this Slack message from my team or whatever. But you just leave it at home, and you got your little light phone. You can't do anything except for make emergency so, calls. So, but but I mean, it, it could, so it, it, but the alternative to that is just to not do that. Is self control? That's right. correct. <laughs> so basically, you just you're a dog that has to bite people. You put a harness on your mouth. That's exactly versus just not biting. And my life is a series of stop gaps. It's not like I've ever actually made a volitional decision to have self control. I just. Put in, but, but your reason for having it isn't like okay, emergencies. I'm going to put this in a glove box, and if I break down, no. I can call. Tr- it no. is so it's, that you you won't be the guy in the movie theater. To, you know, no, it's all I have to do is make a good decision one time in a nice strong moment, right? So I leave my phone home, I yeah. put the light phone in, yeah. and then we're off to the beach for the weekend. And oh, it, that's it, great! And yeah. it like ensures that I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, because I can. I'm intentional about I like a dinner. I pull my iPad out of my backpack. <laughs> I, I'm intentional when I'm with at dinner with Cohen or yeah. I'm with Cohen. Like right. I am not on my phone, but to go away for a whole weekend or something, right? You're right I I would yeah. be on my phone. Right. It's so easy, it's easier to have that accountability one time than to have that all day. Yeah. For me, for me, some people. Yeah. I think are like, all encompassing. You should just say you're chicken cooping yourself because isn't that what Chick Fil A did? They had a little chicken am, coops. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's a trend. I mean, the, um, the flip phones are coming back. And like dumb phones, not smartphones, are, are getting more and more popular for that very reason. Yeah. And I will say yeah. they're yeah. not like a sponsor or anything. I just think it's great. In case you missed it, some weird internet genius combined the theme songs oh. of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Thomas the Tank Engine See, this Cameron, week. Cameron, this is why you don't need a phone. We're telling you literally you, anything important you miss. We're telling you. I, I got to say, honestly, this is everything I've been amused by this week on the internet is happening right now. Yeah. So the clip is from the YouTube mm-hmm. mashup artist Mario Boy 22601, and it went viral this week uh apparently it ruins both songs even though it works really well together here is a clip it really works well it does work but it's terrible yeah have you ever heard this actual song yeah oh it's terrible it gets in your soul so I know that remixes you get you do remixes because artists will release stems right, the, yeah. they'll the, the, these files that'll separate the vocal tracks and the music tracks and then DJs can play with it. No, I get it. Where did he get a stem of Thomas and and Fresh Prince theme song? Dude, the internet. 
You can find a lot of things on the internet. That's I wonder worldwide if just, webular. But but, but the, I think you're missing the bigger question. Is is let's say he he just knows where to get any any song stem. Why would he think to combine those two? <laughs> well, he, like was he sitting there like sometimes my kid will want to watch random things on Netflix or whatever, so I'll turn on Thomas. But the last thing I'm thinking is, you know, I bet that would mash up well with the, with the theme from Fresh Prince. Well, he had done a few of them, or there were a few of them out there. Yeah. That sort of just sounded like people had pushed play at the same time on two different yeah, tracks, and they were yeah, kind of. Yeah. This one was like, oh, it's, yeah. oh well, it's, actually, a, it's a good way to introduce children to rap yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. next generation. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. you know, he was a wholesome artist. He really was. The the, the cigar was for the look. He bites it. He doesn't light it. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I'm pretty schooled in hip hop, guys. It's safe for the kids. That, you know. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, this week Michael Jordan spoke out on all the violence that's been happening. He published a statement on ESPN's Undefeated website addressing both police brutality and the targeted murders of police officers. This is rare because Michael Jordan has famously, uh, for for the uh, fame he has, and the especially the opportunity he would be to be a leader in the African American community as as quiet. a larger global yeah. name. Uh, he has been really quiet about anything. I was going to say, that's throughout his career. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, he was known to kind of have a very private, private life and gambling problems and different mm-hmm. things. And so he just, he kind of took the thing of, I'm not a role model and, like, I'm not going to speak out on anything. And so he just kind of, like, lived his quiet life, mm-hmm. right? And he was sort of in the era where that was more common, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because there wasn't social media and all that stuff. But so for him to actually st- take a stand, release a statement, uh, and then uh, put his money where his mouth is was powerful. This is part of what he published. As a proud American, a father who lost his own dad in a senseless act of violence, and a black man, I have been deeply troubled by the deaths of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement officers and angered by the cowardly and hateful targeting and killing of police officers. We need to find solutions that ensure people of color receive fair and equal treatment and that police officers who put their lives on the line every day to protect us all are represented and supported. Along with this statement, uh, he's, uh, Michael Jordan is actually donating a million dollars to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and another million to the International Association of Chiefs of Police Institute for Community Police Relations. Oh. So, Michael Jordan. Go there. Yeah, Two million dollars. Yeah. That is a serious amount of money. And the cool thing yeah. is seeing the NBA community really re- speak out and respond favorably to this. Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony, of all people, has become kind of a yeah. voice mm-hmm. of activism and uh, and all of this in the last year or so. And like he, guys like Carmelo are saying, like, we are so moved by what Michael's done. And, 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 and Carmelo, uh, you know, he's part, he's a Jordan athlete too. Like, he's one of the few NBA players that, you know, is sponsored by the Jordan brand too. That's right. Huh. All right. Well, that'll do it for. In yep. case you missed it. All right. Stay tuned up next. Slices. So long, Mrs. President. Matriarchs and teddy boys playing houses on the lake. How can we quit drugs if we're gonna watch like that? Give me five good reasons and trust us with our future.
listening to Fountain of Youth. It's by local natives. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Youth, not to be confused with Fountain of Youth, which you're hearing, uh, Youth by Glass Animals. Uh, see how that ties in together. It's great. All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so a weird scene recently transpired in a, 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 a like a city building in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of these cities, they open meetings with a prayer. Uh, well, recently, a, a man walked in, and he was wearing an all-black, like, druid robe what? and stood in front with his hands outward real dramatically. Oh, boy. And in front of the city council, issued a, 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 an opening. It wasn't so much a prayer, but, but a, a, an opening that encouraged the uh, lawmakers to embrace the Luciferian impulse to eat from the tree of knowledge. Outside the city council meeting, uh, people were fervently holding crosses and, and chanting the Lord's Prayer, and one of the city council members actually walked out. Um, this guy has been going to city council uh, uh, meetings across the Bible Belt doing this. He is a member of the Satanic Temple, and he's causing quite a stir among uh, in some religious communities. But the irony is, not only does he not believe in God, he doesn't actually believe in the devil. Uh, the, 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 what he's wearing as a yeah, sort of druid robe. Him. He's just a mm-hmm. rabble rouser. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's essentially sort of this uh, troll in yeah. favor of the separation of church and state. And he's doing it to make a point, but he's really freaking people out. Uh, one of the city council members says, you've, you've got someone who's worshiping Satan who is coming in when the majority of us in this area serve God. Uh, it wasn't good for me to stand there. And I got a little bit emotional. I was offended. But a lot of people don't realize that the satanic temple sees Satan basically as a metaphor. And they're essentially just using it to, to prove a point about religious freedom and the separation of church and state. This is the same group that uh, when Oklahoma yeah. uh, state officials oh, yeah. refused to move a monu- remove a monument monument of the Ten Commandments from the State House grounds, they launched a campaign online to fund their own statue, which was of a giant demon sitting on a throne (laughs) with children going up to talk to him. And and, and that made a tour, didn't it? I, yeah, I remember it, it, like it's it, touring around the country right now because Oklahoma right now has has refused to move the Ten Commandments, and so they are suing for the right to place their monument. But in the meantime, they're just touring it around the country, and people that go see it a lot of times will dress up in robes. But they're only doing it ironically, right. like it's it's a joke. It's 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 messing with people. Right. Um, but it's their tactics have been effective, even though the, people like this guy. And Pensacola get pretty offended, and lots of religious people come to. He said, you know, at, at a school board meeting that he attended, like this. Okay, a school board meeting. He said a revival broke out because so many people came in praying that it just basically turned into like a prayer service, even after he left. Uh, but it has been effective. A Phoenix City Council has banned public prayer altogether instead of letting him come and and do a public invocation. Uh, there. And that's ultimately his main tactic is to get any sort of religious uh, activities out of public meetings. You know, the strangest thing, speaking of Oklahoma, uh, I, I heard their refusal to take down the Ten Commandments was actually why Kevin Durant left. But they're going to be fine. I've always thought it was strange <laughs> that, you know, in a public school, you're not allowed to pray before an event, but in a city council meeting, you would. I, I, I mean, it's just, it feels odd to me for a religiously free country of multi-faiths and these councils and city halls are, are representative of all of their citizens that it would 
choose one religion to be present. If I was a Jewish citizen or or whatever, I would feel very odd about that. Yeah. The strangest thing I've experienced, though, is that if you go to an Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game, an NBA basketball game, before the game, before the player introductions, before the dancers, before the whatever, they have a local pastor come out and pray on mic in, in the arena. Yeah. To to like kick off the game, and then the player wow. introductions happen. That was so, that's so weird to me that wow. that an NBA franchise does this. I've seen colleges do it, especially yeah. in the South. But but, but a lot of colleges are are have a re- religious affiliations. Yeah, right. But uh, wow. that's the strangest thing. Any Oklahoma City Thunder game, there's always a prayer to kick off the game. Gosh. Yeah. I- yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem out of character for maybe a state like Oklahoma that might have that a part of its culture. But it's if it's the NBA, it's just surprising to me that a a national organization, you know, allows that. Obviously, as like a Christian, it, it's cool to see uh, uh, prayer. But at the same time, as a member of a free society that isn't a theocracy, you know, just yeah. because my religion happens to be in the majority. Yeah, I, I, I have this whole golden rule, doing to others as you'd have them yeah. doing to you thing. And I, when, when I walk into, you know, uh, a retailer who's, you know, uh, having signs about a religious holiday, I just think, what if they were doing this for a, a Muslim holiday or whatever? I would feel like I don't belong here. And I try to put myself in the position of minority religions and people of no faith that, you know, when cities or whatever, or these institutions kind of force Christianity onto them, I feel bad. Well, and the measures that the satanic temple are taking are obviously extreme. I personally, I'm, I don't know if I should feel good or bad, but I, I think it's hilarious. Like it doesn't, you know, I, I can, but, but they're, they're dramatic tactics because honestly, that's the only thing that would seem to work is that it, it takes them going to this level for people to recognize the problematic nature of endorsing one religion over the other. And it seems particularly insensitive with a growing and diverse landscape. I mean, just there are a lot of Muslim people that live in Oklahoma. Like, it's, there's a point where it's like, it starts to feel like a little bit of like religious elitism. Well, yeah, it's like as a Christian, I mean, why, why do we actually want that? Do we need to... Uh, is it to is it power? We need to show that we're the most powerful religion. I I just don't yeah. like what it says about the church that the church has to have that you know territory or whatever. And like, I mean, there is a maybe other people will have different interpretations of this, but I've you know there's a biblical prohibition uh, or a biblical warning at least against making shows of public prayer. Like literally, Jesus says, "Don't do that because people are going to perceive you to be mm-hmm. pious." I'm curious if it has something, I'm still trying to figure out why it is permitted. I'm curious if it has something to do with, aren't each, isn't each NBA team owned by someone independently? Yeah, they're all yeah. privately mm-hmm. owned. So I wonder so if they, they have, if there's rules of just someone being like, hey, may, maybe it is like a marketing thing. They're like, this is, we're in Oklahoma. This is going to make people like us, kind of thing like that. I mean, I'm, that's being really negative in Probably. my assumption. But if they have the free reign to do with their team whatever they want, yeah, I think it's probably that. It's just, and as you were saying, it's just cultural. I mean, that's just what you would assume maybe in Oklahoma. Culturally. No, but, but NASCAR races open up with prayer. I mean, I know that's more of like a Southern Bible Belt sport, but they open with prayers. Oh, yeah, NASCAR you know? events. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Reba yeah, McIntyre. We had the, my smoking hot wife prayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, a Ricky Bobby prayer <laughs> Ooh, opens every NASCAR. Race. No, but it's true. But but uh, but I think that, that those, uh, though it's equally sort of 
you know, kind of strange when you think about it. The, the main difference is, like Joy said, those are private institutions, so ultimately they can do whatever they want. Like they're not accountable to anyone other than their paying customers. For 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 these public, you know, for a city council meeting, they, they, they are you know guided ultimately by the constitution. Man, woo! I just want to pray for NASCAR and Chick Fil A. Woo! That's how it. That's how they start. That's how they started the city council meetings. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Thank you for Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's an interesting thing. If so, uh, th- this guy is apparently going to these meetings all over the place to kind of stir the pot a little. So, if you hear about a a like a druid satanist uh, uh, coming to your local city council meeting, I wouldn't be overly afraid. Uh, he admits he just dug out the costume because he thought it looked funny and cool. Uh, so, he, I don't think he's messing with forces of darkness as much as he is as messing with people's perception of religious liberty. Woo! All right, what do you have, Joy? Hey, man. Well, yeah, we're going to take it up a notch. Um, All right, I picked this slice because I know how much you guys all love Seinfeld. Um, So any favorite Newman moments? I was watching one the other night that I hadn't seen in a while, which I still watch in syndication all the time. One where him and and, and uh, Kramer purchase a rickshaw. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kramer runs out of energy and accidentally lets go, and Newman is slides down like a big sloping street in Manhattan. And I've seen that countless times before, <laughs> but I actually belly laughed. It was very funny. That's great. Well. So usually art, you know, imitates life. But in this situation, a man tried to imitate the art of Seinfeld. And so in Livingston County, Michigan, Michigan, my home state, um, a man was caught speeding and um, will now potentially have to go to jail for up to five years because do you have any ideas of what he might have done based I, on? I did. I read this story. I don't know, but I, oh, I'm going to guess he took a mail truck to transport bottles to get the refund. Yes. yes. Serious? Well, so yeah, very similar, very similar. So he in Michigan, um, when I left Michigan, I was like, what? Every other state is like five cents uh, per bottle refund. But Michigan is the highest in the whole country at 10 cents per can. And this guy's from Michigan. Have any of you ever done that? You have to. What do you do? You drive it to a recycling facility, and they give you money. Dude, I don't even know where to throw batteries, much less go to return (laughs) a can. We did it in elementary school. Dead batteries to me just go in a drawer in my house because I know I'm not supposed to throw them in the garbage. I mean, I put things in recycling containers all the time, and I don't get a check. No, no. There's something we did it in. We did it in elementary school in order to adopt a manatee or something. So, like, they brought this big machine and we dumped it in and it counted the cans and then it just had a readout of like. By, by the way, isn't it super lame when you adopt when you adopt one of these endangered wildlife? You don't actually you aren't actually adopting it, right? Like, you, they should change the name of that because yeah. what like I remember like during Shark Week, some nature thing said yeah. it's adopt a shark. You know, donate this amount and you, you adopt a shark. I want the shark. He is in my possession. <laughs> like, right. if I adopt him, I am his guardian at that point right. like if my concept of adoption i at least want to be able to visit the, you, you're misleading people I, if you're yeah. telling me i can adopt a manatee here that manatee better show up in a tank in my yard <laughs> and they, he will become my manatee son yeah especially if i've been collecting cans for my grandma for a month or daughter yeah, <laughs> I don't. To be honest, on a manatee, okay. I don't know how to tell the difference. So I'd probably just give it a gender-neutral name, like Chris or Cameron or Jesse or Jesse Junior. Yeah, or just Jesse. Anyway, continue, Joy. That's just a hot take about wildlife adoption program. So the the controversy in the Seinfeld episode was Kramer was challenging Newman of like the gas money that you're going to pay to drive 
to Michigan and the refund that you're going to get on all these cans. And so this guy had driven 360 miles down to Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know why. He, I mean, couldn't he have just gone over the border to Indiana or Ohio? But he goes all the way to Kentucky, gets what would have been a thousand dollar payout back in Michigan worth of cans and then got pulled over for speeding. And when you knowingly, when you knowingly are taking cans from another state. So, I mean, he could have just claimed that he had a big party down in Kentucky, but when you knowingly do, you're in trouble and he could go to jail for five years. That's wild. Yeah. Because he brought cans from another state into Michigan to get the refund. In a mail truck? No, no, it, oh, wasn't. it was just okay. his own truck. Oh, okay. I mean, it could have been a mail truck. That detail was left out, curiously. Wait. No, but <laughs> this is the late, like, if you go to jail for, for like, because I, this is an interstate crime at this point. Yeah, right? that's a federal like you, crime. Yeah, you cross state lines to commit a, a, a felony, right? Like, this is, and, and basically, you, you, you know, technically this is organized crime because someone is helping you get those cans. If you, how little respect are you getting in the jailhouse? Hey, Jesse, like, can, you, this guy. can this you guy imagine this guy, going. can you imagine this guy on the Con Air plane? I mean, they would have annihilated him. Yeah, it's like, oh, 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 what, what, oh, what are you in for, man? What's this criminal mastermind? Oh, you're not going to believe it, man. I was running bottles. Up to Michigan, they're like with like pill bottles, like <laughs> like you running drug drug no, no. old soda bottles for ten cents a piece. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at a nine hundred dollar payout, man. That's three manatees right there. Oh, really? Yeah, listen, I got this manatee adoption thing. From what <laughs> I understand, you adopt it. If unless I'm reading it wrong, yeah, manatees are now mine. I wish I knew how to tell which one was a guy and girl because I'm reading these things. They're all in general neutral names, though. <laughs> I feel like I feel like oh, we Mark, need uh, to write to this guy. I feel like he's not up for trial yet. We should write to this guy and tell him that's what he needs to plead. I that he was Jesse, trying to adopt so in your, in your scenario, the outlaw heroes. Just get him on the I show. Just found the new outlaw hero, Je- I mean, Jesse. You're, and you're, but your scenario, he needed that money to adopt three manatees well, because he has a he wants to start breeding them. But he doesn't tell what gender they so are. That's why he got so, three. Because so at that point, the odds are basically in his favor. Yeah. <laughs> two, okay. Because here's the thing: if you adopt two, let's say he, let's say he, he returns the bottles in his own state. Yeah, yeah. It's only got enough to adopt two. Yeah. That, you, know. you got. I don't understand. Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm not a statistics major, but I'm guessing it's somewhere around 50-50. If I get two manatees, the odds that both one is are, a boy and one is a girl. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing it's around 50-50. I feel like you. Greatly increase your odds, like significantly enough right. that you With take that the risk one. and commit yeah. a federal crime. Because yeah. if you, if your goal is to breathe them, I'd rather have three than two. Yeah. I think yeah. that's all. I, you know, and Monique, if Monique taught us anything, three, yeah. three's a, I will say this: three's company. I yeah. know that these. I know that manatees are really into the teachings of Pastor Bryant. And uh, they have given him the green light. I have fully checked out. It's a joke. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. I'll say this. That's amazing. I I very rarely fully check out on a moment, but I'm just letting him go alone. Uh, (laughs) You pulled a John Gray on that one. Yeah, just get me out of here. All right. What do you have, Eddie? What do I have? Pop quiz, Joy. Yeah. Are we gonna get in trouble for this one? By the no, way, like I can no, never no. tell. I mean, so. I won't. I just was quiet and waited for it to end. You might, Jesse. <laughs> you might have to issue a a, a message to your haters and, and celebrators and, and celebrators next about week. Po- polyamorous manatees. You know, no biggie. No biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying. 
I don't know. I, I don't know whose teachings they follow, and there's some amb- ambiguity if you watch awesome. daytime TV. Yeah. Once That's again, all. I could have sat down, written a hundred things we'd talk about today, and I could have gotten as crazy as I wanted. Polyamorous manatees. And just the, the general sexual habits of manatees would have never, ever been on the list. Um, all right, to transition, Joy, I want to ask you, what is your favorite uh, donut place in Oregon? Oh, um, I would say voodoo. I mean, really? The, yeah, I, there's a lot of really like hip ones. Like Pips is really good. They make these really tiny, small um, donuts like made to order that are fresh. Interesting you should say that. Pips recently put up an ad on Facebook uh, requesting uh, there is a job opening. And they huh. are, and Pips Donuts is in a ton of trouble. How good did that work out? That, you yeah, actually, that was a perfect segue. That was I good. mean, that was yeah, unbelievable that, was that yeah. she said Pips. I actually think she said yeah. it on the show like a year ago. I mean, that's as good as Jamal Bryant riffing on the preacher show. I mean, when he knew that I had a whole bit about right. unfaithful manatees. Right. And I should say this, when I said plucking them out of the wild, I'm going right. through the legal adoption process here. Okay, so I'm above board there. I'm not abducting them. So, I paid for them to So Pip's Donut, uh, Original Donuts in Portland, describes they're, they're putting out the job posting. It's just for somebody to work yeah. in the donut store. It's not like yeah. a... I do it all the time. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they said a friendly, outgoing personality. Sure, that's fine. They can say that. But... And this is where they got in trouble. No non-medical, non-religious dietary restrictions that would keep you from testing, accurately representing our treats, and maintaining quality control. Now, people in Portland have freaked out because they're basically saying if you're a vegan, if you're a vegetarian, if there's any religious reason why you can't eat pork, don't apply for the job. Mm-hmm. And people are completely destroying them. Now, it's not actually legal discrimination because you can't say, okay, well, if you're you know, if like they can't actually say, like if you have to follow a kosher diet, they can't discriminate you on right. that. But the yeah. way they worded it was basically saying, um, you know, you have to be able to eat essentially everything, and people are going to if, if it's not for uh, if it, if you if a doctor hasn't said you can't or you don't yeah, have a yeah, religious right. It's yeah, a, so sure. if it is a religious thing, they're not discriminating against you. It's yeah. if you choose to live a vegan lifestyle, right. they are discriminating so against you. Vegans yeah. and vegetarians are freaking out because you know that's ninety eight percent of the Portland population. <laughs> that is actually it is the most vegan friendly city in America. Yeah, of course. So yeah, uh, but they're saying, hey, our donuts have bacon on them and all we don't we aren't a vegan donut shop there are plenty of good vegan donut shops all around yeah no, there's no such thing oh mighty ozzy yeah. seattle will change your mind but i hear your what you're saying i haven't had I'll, a donut in a decade i'm not going to start I, with the vegan I, one. I, I understand it's there there's a lot of unhealthy things that i'd prefer to eat to a uh-huh. uh, donut yeah. mm, interesting yeah what's your number like one chips or something like that oh kind of more yeah. of a savory pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah savory pizza yeah, yeah. yeah. pizza yeah for sure yeah. Well, okay. Well, you're not as messed up as I thought desserts. you both were. Yeah, I'm glad we. Oh, got no, it. we're both. Yeah, we both have our health issues. Yeah. Oh, you're both crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we all yeah. are. That's mm-hmm. how, yeah. that's what we you put on the things. job posting for being on the podcast. Yeah. Are <laughs> outgoing, friendly. That's really amazing to me because I would say donuts are one of those things. Like I was just biking by Voodoo Donuts yesterday, and the sheer like scent of them makes me start salivating. Donuts yeah. are like one of those things that I feel like if you smell them, you can't not want them. So for you to not have had them for a decade and probably been in the proximity of them. It's very impressive. So people are going nuts on Facebook, but the co-owner isn't budging and said, after receiving as much hate mail as we have in the last two days, I'm more steadfast and sure of our position uh, than ever. Um, and he, he's doubling down. He's getting he's getting anni- annihilated oh, like yeah. Jamal Bryant. Yeah. And, and, and rather than addressing 
and and kind of walking it back. Yes. No, he, he's but, doubling down. No, because he's saying it would place an undue burden on a vegetarian employee to work here because we need them to be able to do quality control and innovation ah, and our stuff requires... We need you to be able to snack all day. Our stuff requires dairy and meat. And I'm a little bit, first of all, I realize I'm gonna. This is gonna turn into a Chilean miner situation where people just don't understand what is accurate and instead just lean on their heart and their own lack of about ability. those heroes. Continue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, the, or the toll booth worker where it was just yeah. clearly. But, but what's your what's your take here, man? Totally fine. Totally fine that they say that, and totally glad that they say that. I would. I am really glad that they tell people generally like here's what you're gonna need to be able to do this job well. You're gonna need yeah. to be able to eat. Di- yeah. Like for instance. To be on the podcast, you've got to be able to, you know, be, do whatever it is, whatever. I have no idea actually what it takes to do a podcast. But, 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 but <laughs> I think, I think a, a, like an, another like analogous thing would be like if you have an aversion to like wine, let's say, you, you, you know, you, you don't drink wine for some reason, you're probably not going to apply to be a sommelier, right? Right. But like, and so like if you don't, if part of working at the donut shop means you have to make recommendations to people about what kind of donuts they should buy, but you can't eat them, I can see how that would be problematic. Actually, your wine, your wine and sommelier comparison, I think, is dead on. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. You have to be able to know your product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. product. And their part of it is the only way to know if you've baked a donut that tastes like it's supposed to taste is every once in a while you have to take a bite of it. You have yeah. to eat some. I mean, any cooking show you watch, they're eating the whole time. You can't just always completely follow a recipe to the T and assume that you've made the exact yeah. same donut. Right. There's quality control. And for that, you have to be able to have, uh, you know, you got to be able to eat dairy. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think their mistake probably would have been just to, because that the, obviously the way it came out, it sounded discriminatory. Yeah. So it's like, just get the job applications and just only interview the people that would be obviously up for that. Or you can ask, be like, this is a job where you're, you have to eat these donuts. Exactly. Are you yeah. able to do right. that? The, then right. they mm-hmm. deny the job, not you deny exactly. them. Put in the listing, we are not a vegan establishment and part of the job will be you know, eating and for quality control recommendation reasons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on, put it on to them to choose to whether or not to apply. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Just be upfront with the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So. Otherwise, Pips has great, a great reputation here in Portland. And on the week of your birthday, the whole week, you can come in and get a free dozen. What? Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah That's an pretty incredible good. amount. And, and you know, um, I've said this joke before, but uh, in the interview <laughs> process, do you know how to tell if someone's, you know how you know if someone's a vegan? How? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do. They do. It's like Yeah. And CrossFit. I love it. And CrossFitters. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Oz Guinness. Featuring Greg Paulus. 
Oz Guinness is a renowned author, theologian, speaker, and social critic. He's also the great-great-great-grandson of Arthur Guinness, the famous Dublin brewer. We recently spoke with Guinness about the importance of apologetics, why we should rethink formulaic ideas about evangelism, and how Christians must engage culture in the digital age. Here's part of our very own Aaron Hambury's conversation with Oz Guinness. All right, it seems to be that people hear um, religious liberty, the the term, which is grossly in danger of becoming not more than a buzzword, I think. But they hear the term and they think uh, that it's a get out of jail free card for cranky old people who want to keep particularly the LGBT, LGBT community um, out of restaurants. Uh, and it, it harkens back to some kind of Jim Crow era or something like that. Uh that's not the way that I've understood the First Amendment and religious liberty. But, I mean, can you speak to that, how religious liberty actually uh, helps out the minorities? Well, well, that, that current view that religious freedom is both partisan and prejudiced and doing the things you mentioned is very recent. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a whole series of misunderstandings. And for 20 years, I point them out that religious freedom has been taken as freedom for the religious. Yeah. Whereas, of course, it includes naturalistic, secular worldviews like atheism, as well as transcendental, supernatural worldviews like the Christian faith or Judaism. Or you can see people who say, well, religious freedom is a constitutional redundancy. You don't need it. Or, you know, there's any number of misunderstandings that have surrounded it. But it is America's first freedom. And if you take the three political rights, freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, there's no hierarchy, that would be invidious, but they're interlocking. Freedom of assembly assumes and requires freedom of speech. You want to get together with people to whom you want to say something that matters. You're not talking about the weather. But freedom of speech includes, assumes and requires freedom of conscience. You're talking about things that matter to you because you're convinced of them based on the dictates of conscience. And freedom of conscience is far different from freedom of choice. Freedom of choice is autonomous on which cereal you buy or what color shirt you want. That's a matter of your preference. But freedom of conscience, you respect it because people are not free. They're bound by the dictates of conscience. And that's why, certainly since the Reformation, say Martin Luther, right down through the First Amendment, it's been considered and respected as the first freedom. Mm. So for the current generation to dismiss it as either purely partisan or a matter of prejudice against the gays is incredibly short-sighted and foolish. Mm. Now, the trouble is, if you look at the various forms of diversity, Religious freedom deals with religious and ideological diversity. But in the last generations, that's got tied up with cultural diversity and the whole notion of multiculturalism. And in the last 10 years, that's got tied up with sexual diversity. Well, all three types of diversity are now clashing. They should be kept logically different. And religious freedom is incredibly important by itself. You open the book by making the statement that everyone today is an apologist. Can you tease out that idea for us? Well, I said this is the grand age of apologetics. It was actually from a secular essay from a sociological magazine. In other words, in the age of the social media, 
everyone's in the business of presenting, take Facebook, their daily me. In other words, presenting themselves, explaining themselves, selling themselves, you name it. And in that sense, this is the grand age of apologetics, but that's not in a Christian sense. The tragedy is we who have apologetics in our DNA have lost what is really the center of it, the art of persuasion. Mm -hmm. And so that's what my book's about. And of course, in a, in a culture which is not only highly diverse, but increasingly hostile to the Christian faith, if ever we needed persuasion, it's today. You say that this new, uh, I'll call it digital age, for lack of a better term, uh, presents challenges. And then I think you said something um, for it. simply the greatest opportunity for the Christian witness since the time of Jesus. Uh, can you explain some of the challenges and then why you think it's also such a great opportunity? Well, you could, you could go. Now, the opportunity is relatively obvious. Christians mm-hmm. have been wonderful at seizing in innovative ways all the opportunities presented by the generation. Mm -hmm. So the early church used the Roman roads and the Greek language, and the gospel spread like wildfire. Or in the 16th century, they used sailing ships. And in the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution, another huge expansion of of the missionary movement. So in that sense, take the internet. Nothing is cheaper, more global in its reach, and accessible to everyone than the internet. So it gives us a tremendous lurch forward in terms of opportunities. But then you could pile up the, the, the challenges that it also brings. For example, at the time of New England, skips out at uh, Yale, uh, reckons that the average person in New England listened to roughly 40,000 hours of Puritan preaching. And there were no other voices, no radio, no television, no whatever. But in the world we're in today, now with the addition of the social media, you could say that everybody's speaking, nobody's listening. So the most precious commodity in our Western world is focused attention. And so it's actually harder. You have to be more arresting, more brilliant, more this, that, the other in order to get across, which often dilutes the gospel. So you set in the book, you set this context of digital age and uh, kind of the apologetics of me, so to speak. And you arrive at this conclusion that uh, we Christians have lost the art of persuasion. can you, I guess, maybe f- first just define persuasion as as you define it, and then um, tell me how we lost it? Well, by persuasion, I mean the capacity to communicate to people who don't share, or even indifferent or hostile to what we believe, and to communicate to them effectively so that they see the point of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. In other words, speaking to people whose minds and hearts are closed. And that is the deepest problem of apologetics. And they're not very good at it. Now, you could put the problem much more broadly. Um, When people are open, you preach the gospel, evangelism. But America has never suffered from such a rejection of evangelism, especially among your generation. Mm. You know, I was actually hearing just an hour ago a denominational leader who said, 
you know, evangelism is out today. The culture's not interested in it. Um, we're interested in, quote, missional discipleship. And the person who was telling this, what's that? And he wasn't able to say, well, what on <laughs> earth is missional discipleship, if not what used to be called evangelism? But sure. evangelism's un- unpopular. Well, evangelism is fine when people are open. But when people are closed, you need apologetics. And that's what mm. my book's about. Okay, so, I mean, what, uh, how do, if we've lost the art of persuasion, how do we get it back? Well, we have to go back to seeing that that challenge, that problem, is actually there at the heart of Scripture. And so we need to learn, you know, the, the, both the theology and the examples of how to do it in a better way. You know, starting with the fact we need to reject all formulae and recipe and one, two, three, four approaches. Our Lord never spoke to two people the same way, and nor should we. That was Oz Guinness. Make sure to check out his website, ozguinness.com. Sneaky. Uh, it's by the veils. All right. Uh, it's time for our very highly anticipated game debut. Right. Jesse, why don't you fill everybody in on the context of what this is going to be? Yeah. So a lot of people may have, this is a timely show. You learn about current events here. Right. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> accurately learn about current events. And this week I saw that Yahoo sold for nearly $5 billion. $4.8 billion. Yeah. And it got me thinking, I don't even know what Yahoo does, much less what they do that's worth $5 billion. I know they used to have like email addresses. I know Yahoo.com exists, but I don't know what they do. And there's a lot of businesses that are either on the technical side of things or that were from that early dot-com era or just really random things that the internet era has exposed. So I wanted to play a game where I tell actual real businesses, either dot-com or tech or and you have to tell me if it's actually real or if it's a terrible idea that Tom Haverford pitched on Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Trust me, it's harder than you think. All right, all right, that's that is a great premise. Uh, you know, uh, tech companies buy up the little guys all the time. So Verizon yeah. buying Yahoo was just kind of the end of an era yeah. uh, of that GeoCities Yahoo. You know, AOL. Uh, Verizon also owns AOL. So Verizon's just going and... Which I don't even know what they do. What? I know they sent the CDs in the mail at a time, <laughs> yeah. but I, at the time, <laughs> I didn't even know. Right. Three okay. hours. For, the, for people listening that maybe yeah. think we don't know, I mean, Yahoo, AOL, they're yeah. just content companies right. that are producing content that attracts a lot of readers, and then they're ad-supported. So yeah. it's the audience base and the ad revenue that Verizon is trying to acquire because they want to become a content leader in the digital space. 
That's what Katie Couric. What's amazing to me, though, is that the CEO, I don't remember her name, like she apparently was brought on from Google. She's going to make all these changes for Yahoo. And she didn't. She failed. But she's still going to make like $5 million in this wow. buyout. She just like as a little bonus little for failing. Th- little, thank you. Yeah. Um, it, what's interesting is Yahoo at one point was valued, value, evaluated by the market at $120 billion and they sold for 4.8. So wow. that's that. There you go. Yeah. So, so we're going to play Eddie versus Joy and it's time for the debut of Shark Tank Rejects. Oh, nice one. Yeah, that's good. All right. Okay, so, so I'm just going to basically read the premise in the name of this business. You tell me, is it Tom Hatherford or a real one? Uh, Joy, why don't you go first? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping score. Okay, Joy. Contact lenses that display text messages. Tom Hatherford. Contact lenses that display text messages. Oh, there you go. Very, <laughs> simil- job, very similar to Google Glass, but he brought it into the contacts. I was going to say, that one doesn't seem that far-fetched. That seems plausible. Yeah. Right, right into Eddie. your eyeball. I'm ready. Right, Actually, we know Samsung is developing this contact lens. Yeah, yeah, that was a... It was yeah, a real about slice about that's right. two, three months well, ago. Good for, good for Tom. Uh, all right, uh, Eddie. I'm listening. Meat water. Meat-flavored water <laughs> with protein. Uh I'll go... Uh, you should uh, see their job listings. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine uh, Tom Haverford. I'm sorry, meat water was a real thing. Wow. No. That's crazy. All right, Joy. All right, Joy. So these run? are just startups that have at some point gone away. These were yeah, real yeah, companies yeah. that made real products. Yeah, true. I've looked at that one. The water, the, the, the label said like void on it. Like you're void of proteins. So you need to drink it in liquid form. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. All right, Joy. How about this one? Where the ladies dot at an app that tells you where the closest ladies at. <laughs> What'd you say? Tom. No, that was real. And it actually used four square check-ins. Super creepy, but that was real. <laughs> Golly. Wow. Hey, have you heard the whole Pokemon Go situation of geocaching, geolocation has brought back a renewed interest in Foursquare? Because that was their thing. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Huh. And like apparently huh. there's a lot of investor interest in trying to like get Foursquare back up and But by the way, Cameron, are you keeping a score here? I am. It's one nothing uh joy right now, but Eddie has has to go with his second one. Okay. All right, Eddie. Uh, homes ready. constructed inside of private jets for investors who want to buy a Gulfstream G4 jet, take the wheels off, but turn it into an apartment building. Oh, that's a real I'm gonna go real company. <laughs> You buy a Gulfstream G4 jet. Already interested. <laughs> Take the wheels off. Get them off of there. Turn the jet into an apartment building. People could live inside their own private jet. I love it, man. This is an impossible I game. Love his You're doing a great Joy. job. <laughs> All right, Joy. Snail mail, an escargot delivery service. Uh, real. Confidence. My escargot delivery service, snail mail. So, you want to partner up and make history? Awesome. <laughs> I, they were like back to back, weren't they? <laughs> all, all right, Eddie, how about this one? Okay, I'm ready. A credit card called the Kardashian card, except card is spelled with a K, like Kardashian. Gotta, it gotta be real. I mean, they have emojis. They have everything. They've that is got, real, yeah. and it was actually pretty controversial because it targeted uh, kids that shouldn't be having credit cards. Oh. And uh, <laughs> they took it's it like off that Montel Jordan card. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is like end times. Montel Williams. Yeah. The Montel Williams card. It's like that. Yeah. Montel Jordan is uh, his his is called This is How We Buy It. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> really? All right, Joy. A super high-end European clothing dealer 
called Boo.com <laughs> that costs $250,000 a day to run. <laughs> to run. True. <laughs> that is real. It's one of the early dot com busts. Wow. Boo.com. I remember Boo.com. Yeah. Wow. It was it. They, they, they used a tremendous amount of venture capital in a very short amount of time yeah. and got no return for their investors. Eddie, Ready. LASIK for your fingernails so you only need to cut them once. Oh, that's got to be Tom Haverford. LASIK for fingernails. <laughs> cut your fingernails once, you never have to cut them again. Oh, Just because it's totally impossible. I, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, all, right, all right, Joy. Uh, a self-service kiosk that actually scans customers' faces and will tell them what they want to eat. It's called the Next Generation Meal Planning Solution. Tom. That's a real one, and it was developed by <laughs> Intel and Kraft Foods, and it was a huge bust. Wow. <laughs> I don't even understand. Somebody how gave can years tell- of their life to that project. Yeah. yeah. Listen, but somebody also drove down to Kentucky to get a whole bunch of bottles. I mean, people <laughs> put their... Yeah, I know. <laughs> Someone has this crazy manatee breeding scheme, and they don't even know how to tell the genders of these beasts. <laughs> Eddie, talking tissues. A tissue box that t- says inspirational messages every time you grab one. Oh, that feels real. Um. Talking tissue. Anytime you pull one out, you get a little message to hype you up. Well, that dog player, someone's got a snippy. Tell your mama you love her. Step up your vitamin C game, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joy. H2Flow, it's an app for your teeth. That's it? H2Flow, an app for your teeth. I don't even get what that is. H two flow an app. <laughs> I'm gonna say Tom. Think of H two flow as an app for your teeth. The more flow you take in, the more sparkle points you get. Get enough sparkle points, and you're on your way to your first Aqua Badge. Collect enough Aqua Badges, and we'll welcome you to the H two Flow Platinum Club. Uh, sounds like Pokemon a little bit. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's Pokemon for teeth. All right, all right, Eddie. Webvan, an internet-based grocery delivery service. It's groceries in a van. Oh, uh, I'll go real. It seems close to like Amazon Prime, right? It is real, and it was like a precursor to Amazon, and it did not work at all. Wow. Uh, all right, so so what's the score right, right now? Right now, we are tied three to three. Wow, Joy, good luck. I think, I think okay, Eddie's so we're coming into the final it. couple questions here. I have three more, so we're going to go. I will each get one, and then we'll go a lightning round, okay? okay. Ready. Okay. All right, so Joy, white fur earmuffs for men. Um. White fur earmuffs for men. Awesome. Great one. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, this is this is win or lose right here. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. No, it's tie or lose. Oh yeah. yeah. Tie tie Ooh, or tie no or lose right here. Pressure. I'm not feeling any pressure. A scented phone that smells good. <laughs> scented phone that smells good. Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> I'm gonna go this Tom. Is, this oh, is when you start playing the jaws music. I'm gonna go Tom. Tom. And then a phone yeah. that smells good. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, let's do two more. Let's okay. let's do uh, uh, Joy and Eddie. If this doesn't break it, we'll do uh, we'll Nine do uh, a final one. Okay. <laughs> okay, Joy. The stall stopper. It's a clip that says "occupied" that prevents stall doors opening in public restrooms. Real. That is real. Well done. Thank you. All right, Eddie. 
This is a product uh, called Sparkle Studs, and it's a laundry detergent that has glitter in it so you can dress loud. I'm going to go Tom. <laughs> that is Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this, this is the, the five. We're going to end in a tie here, I have a feeling, because five, this one, I don't know how you could get this wrong. Joy, this is for all the marbles. This is this is win or lose right here. This is sudden death. If yeah. you get it right, you win. If you get if you lose, you lose. So this is like uh, the last round on Family Feud or Wheel of Fortune, where it's just you in the spotlight, you, in yep. the, you and the host. Oh, now my confidence goes out the window. Okay, okay here we go. Hidden me. Come on. Uh, this is uh, uh, butter that sparkles with glitter, and it's called Disco Dairy. Spread the party. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Tom. Your instincts. You are correct. That is Tom. <laughs> Joy. Taken away. These were unbelievable, Jesse. She, she finished with four straight correct answers. It reminds that, me. That, that, that is very impressive, Joy. It reminds Thank me once you. again that Parks and Rec may have been one of the better shows ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that totally was a agree. funny show. It's true. Totally it agree. got better in time. It did. Oh, yeah. first season, the first season was it. pretty rough. Yeah. Don't watch yeah. it. It's like the first season of Seinfeld. Just it, once, they locked, once they got the out. cast locked in yeah, and they brought in Adam Scott, right. yeah. it was great. It was so funny, it made Louis C.K. seem unfunny. Like, his character arc wasn't even that funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, Compared to how funny the show I was. I forgot about, about that great character point. arc. All right, well, that'll do it for the debut of... Shark Tank Rejects. All right, stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Then I live every day like if I hit the brakes and I'll crash If I met my girl one year earlier, would she wait for me to come back? I told her I was in love for her, I just needed space, I was stressed I needed space from a desk, went from school to work to school to work Got burnt out trying to find success If I risk it all, it might kill me Ask God if he can hear me, just promise me you'll stay with me I got a long way, I'm on empty, I'm on a I thought by now I would have been fine All my yesterdays seem like better days when nobody else is around guys are in the newest irrelevant you should check it out great story great album kumbaya okay it's time for your feedback now uh before we do feedback we always take a moment for potential corrections and apologies we do that to, uh, we call it the jamal bryant <laughs> corrections and apologies moment do we have any from last week's show oh i've never apologized great. on this show all right okay well it's time for your feedback uh since i wasn't part of it jesse do you want to give context of what last week's editorial question of the week was yeah, so we talked about uh, how Bubba Watson invented a, a golf hovercraft or rocket pack so, so to eliminate golf carts. So we got to thinking with the Olympics coming up, how would you introduce an element to any sport to vastly improve it? I'll tell you this much. The only way I'm going to play golf is if there's rocket packs involved. Thank so you. Thank awesome. you. That was my point. It, it and you can really just cool. eliminate the golf element at that point. Yeah, I can exactly. just zoom around the course in the rocket yeah, pack. Yeah, just clear out a bunch of trees that I can go pl- fly around a course. It's I don't need to play simple. golf. You can, you can go hundreds of feet. It's called a rocket pack course yeah. at that exactly. point. Exactly. You, you eliminated the golf there. Just let it go overgrown. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Just keep the, cle- the trees cleared. Yeah, That's all yeah, we need. Works. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, posted your replies there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. 
On the same topic of golf, I loved this. Austin said, timed pars in golf instead of that stroke nonsense. So players would tee off at the same time and then just start sprinting. (laughs) So like there's a speed element. So the first one to get the ball in the hole wins that hole. Yeah. I I was imagining that they're all hitting their own balls. So there's just like people are yelling for left and right. Yeah, I mean, you're introducing a a safety hazard to the game, which I like because you could be hit with someone's golf ball at all times because they don't even have time to look. No, you're going to have to wear body armor and helmets. Oh, no, no. Could you hit someone else's ball to sabotage them, like hit theirs into the woods? If you got to their ball before they did? Oh, oh, yeah. But but if you do that, they can hit you with their club. It is complete prison. They can, they can assault you. It is prison rules golf. Yeah, I love it. But Anything. the idea of two people teeing off, I, I, I'm not saying every player. I'm saying you. it's you versus one other person. Yeah. You're teeing off at the same time. First one to get their ball in the hole wins the hole. Right. That yeah. is a fun game. Yeah, that, I, I would love watching that. I would love playing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's rocket packs involved, oh yeah, exactly. Better. Then you then you get to eliminate the annoying like athleticism. Like I don't want to go out there and sweat. I just Question. want to go out there and knock a ball around and ride a rocket. If pack. I paid my <laughs> my greens fees to participate on this golf course, could me and my friend play this game instead? Like, can two people tee off? I mean, like, I think I think you could do a various combinations of how many people are playing. I think the, I think there's I think there's a, a minimum of two people, but up to like twenty at teeing <laughs> off at the same time. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even think you need to put a ceiling on the thing in terms I, of how many people are out on the fairway hitting golf balls at each other. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Barrows con- uh, destroyed me. I think it was so funny. That is a good one. He was talking about the Olympics and how the Olympics are coming up. Yeah. Jesse, I just don't want to get into it now. It is clearly the best sporting event. If you, if you like spending hours watching people nope. throw a heavy no, ball, thank you. Lots of drugs, lots of vaccines, <laughs> non-working toilets. So it's an awesome it, environment. The Olympics are the best. That's the truth of the matter. Jesse, will just do this next week. Um, so, and so Jimmy writes, so here's an idea. In every Olympic event, have one average man or woman compete alongside the athletes so that viewers can see how unbelievably talented oh. even the worst Olympics Olympians. Context. I think that would be context. Just, I, yeah. I like that. Um, I will say that every race has one that average would absolutely guy. get higher ratings than they do. It would now. be the funniest. Yeah. It would also be the funniest thing in the world, especially if it's. I mean, part of it is I just want to see like a real regular dad out there. Just. No, but yeah. can, can <laughs> I introduce? Can I introduce one more element to this too? Yeah, because this is like a this is like a, the international games, right? So nations, each nation like has like a draft of the average Joes and Janes out there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like people are volunteering. Like if 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 you are selected by your nation's government, you don't have a choice. You have to go out there, even if you've yeah. never been on those high bars swinging around before. Do they so. get the ninety days? <laughs> To become experts. No, they just found no. out this week. They're on the plane tomorrow. <laughs> okay, okay. They're, they, they're on the plane and they know they're going to be Paul vaulting in front of the world in the morning. They don't even have the right clothes. They're up there in a pair of khaki shorts and a golf. They're shirt. just like Joyce has just been. hanging from the from the from the bars, trying their darndest to do a presidential. Fitness they, they're on that little up. balance beam, just dancing, they're, just dancing. Yeah, they don't know if the moves they're doing are good. They're snapping. They've got yeah. They've, they've you know what? The, you know what would be interesting is like rhythm. Rhythmic gymnastics, because like athletically, I mean, they're still at a disadvantage, but like they're just out there with passion at that point, <laughs> you know, like, like a foot race, isn't that entertaining? I mean, they're just, you know, the camera pans back and they're still running, but, but something that involves like, like a dance element, like ice skating or something <laughs> like figure skating. That's what I'm tuning in. But for. what about the, what about the sports of like, like wrestling where you're, it's mano a mano, you're going to get hurt. But I, no, no, but then you're wrestling but an average dude two, from like 
you know, Germany or something. Oh, it's average versus just basically average. Basically, and it just devolves into a slap fight, and you see. How <laughs> yeah, because hard it you is. see, you see what a zero technique does in hand-to-hand combat. Right. Okay. right. right. And then you watch the real thing, because right now, when you watch a runners run, like they're fast, but you don't have a sense of how fast how it is. How fast? Right. I want to see the best high school track athlete in America get blown away, yeah. and you're like, okay. And then I also want to see in the second heat, just you know, one of us. Yeah, but but, but again, uh, again, I think you're really missing it. I want to see a guy who can't even lift that big heavy ball, what the, the shock put, and <laughs> and have to lift it over his head and throw it, or else he's put in prison. And by it literally his just drops. If on you his reject foot. it or you don't do it like in a way that's sufficient, yeah. your nation puts you in jail. Like you, there is no choice. You go to you're the going, interstate. You're getting on those jail. uneven bars. You go. And you're, yeah, you're I, trying to flip. Yeah. I love the element of if it is like Hunger Games, and if you want to attend any Olympic event, you have to come to that event with the tools that you might need. So you might need ice skates. Everybody has to bring that. That's like it's, your entrance fee. It's the and Price it's, is Right situation. The studio audience might get called out to participate. That's it. That's yes. perfect. That's, that's it. You yeah. know the risk going in. Yeah. You're you know the, the, the odds are the 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 odds are slim. You want to see be Team running. USA basketball play a game? If you want to, there's a chance you might get drafted into the yes. competition. Yeah, just think. I mean, it's, so, it's already exciting enough to watch Olympians, but if there's just that small chance that your name is about to get pulled out of a fishbowl, just yeah. think of the heightened endorphins. Yeah, yeah, and they're like. And now coming to us from the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson. And that small Ford. Looks like this guy's name's Frank. Uh, <laughs> Frank, uh, come on. Uh, Frank's already limping. He hurt himself on walking down those big stairs. But come on out, Frank. And come on. I get nervous at that Monsters Inc. Uh, show where like they uh, the, they interact oh, with yeah. the crowd. They yeah. put the spotlight on you and put you on on the screen. I'm just here to watch a show. I don't I want to be part of the show. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I am on I am on edge the entire time. Yeah. yeah. I would not enjoy the Olympics knowing that I might have to get caught out there and perform in front of the world. Yeah, but then you wouldn't attend. But watching it at home, it would be the greatest sporting event. <laughs> Even greater than it, it, than it is now. This would so dramatically yeah. improve, especially if you put, like like I said, some sort of like legal penalty against the people who weren't trying. And right. that's totally subjective yeah. by Olympic judges, and they are harsh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more. So if you want to chime in or check them out, uh, hit up the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Oh yeah, well, earlier in the show, we learned uh, from Pastor uh, Jamal Bryant uh, what not to say when um, interviewing an open marriage couple on your show. Which, um, <laughs> which that they were on the show talking about that in the first place. I think that may have been the cardinal problem. Though. And I think the main thing is after they explain it, don't start the the next question with, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible story. So, really relate to that. It got us thinking about um, times that we've all done or said something in public, put our foot in our mouths, uh, and, and it just have, you know, lived to regret it. Uh, we want to know your worst public foot and mouth story. Now, all of us here have done some measure of public displays of foot and mouth. I mean, we had to. Have. I mean, that's why we edited the podcast. I mean, but we had to have. So, are we sharing now or are we wait till next week? I want to hear yours I wanna, right now. I want to know yours right now. I've had many foot and mouth experiences. I would say one of the ones that I'm reminded of pretty frequently was I was up there announcing some sort of like fundraiser thing we were doing for the church. Did you call it a fundraiser by I, accident? I did not or a oh. fundraiser. That, 
Uh, those are that's another but uh, it was from a barbecue place that's in town here four rivers did you go off on a vegan rant i did not i was not vegan at the time but i did say like oh four rivers is so good i just want like john rivers who's the guy that owns it and Uh is sitting right in front of me i just want him to like pour barbecue sauce all (laughs) over me and it just turned like vaguely (laughs) foodly sexual and all of a sudden it's overtly (laughs) and i just stopped and i just was like I am I, like it was like a just fall on the yeah, sword. No, right there. Yeah, nobody's I am, laughing I am in the so room. Sorry, I don't even like Four Rivers. Yeah, There's a slight gasp in the room, especially not yeah. like you're implying I, I do like, with rubbing barbecue sauce in my body. I was like, John, I'm um, so sorry. And the pastor is over on the side, like crying. That's the George laughing. Costanza rubbing oil all over his bald head. Remember? Yeah, it was yeah. a real like. Why on earth? Hold on. Why am I saying that? Who's saying that? Why did you say? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's you know a pretty common. Occurrence. How big was the audience? Oh, I mean, there are 800 people. There you go. So it was was enough to get, like, the everything got quiet. (laughs) You realize it's gone south. Then you apologize. Then they're laughing at you. So did you mark down on your books things not to say in public? (laughs) Uh, uh, Did you mark down rubbing liquids on my body? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Pointing pointing to someone in the audience and... Telling them how much you would like them to rub a liquid on your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then I took a speaking class, and they told me, you know, yeah. project loudly, uh-huh. make eye contact, uh-huh. do not point at someone, say their name loudly that's yeah. sitting in the audience, and tell them how much you'd like to rub oils and sauces on your body. Yeah, <laughs> like those were those one, two, three. The yeah. pastor came up to speak like five minutes later and was still like you know wiping tears from his eyes and like blowing his nose because he had been just weeping crying out of that's just awesome. pure embarrassment and enjoy so that oh. was one of mine i'm sure i'll have many more next week that's amazing i can't uh, wait so to hear to these. tell us your stories uh hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast you might have to do the uh, one of five two of five three yeah. of five mm-hmm. uh, tweets or you can just post your stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com can't wait to hear yeah, those. Fun. yes sir Many thanks to our guest this week, Oz Guinness. Uh, make sure to check him out on Twitter, ironically, at Oz Guinness. And uh, you can find more of his writings and uh, work at ozguinness.com. Thanks also to the show's sponsor, the Israel Tourism Board. Go to israel.travel and discover the side of Israel you've never seen. Um, I, honestly. It really every, would be every side. Every, yeah, every Christian needs to go to Israel. I, I really believe that. It's going to impact your faith and bring the Bible alive in unexpected ways. This week, our September issue of the magazine went to the printer. Uh, it's an exciting issue. Uh, September? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it takes That's a month wild. to print. No, 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 I know. Yeah. It's just that we're even... It kind of feels like yeah. early summer still. We're yeah. kind yeah. of done. Yeah, no, we're, we're at the end of summer. Lollapalooza is our, our bookend. I know, yeah. Uh, anyway, the September issue of Relevant uh, is going to the printer. Uh, it'll come out in a few weeks. It's a fantastic issue. I'm not going to give away who's on it. Uh, you're going to like it. There's some really powerful content and you really cool. text and cool. Me later? Uh, yeah, you, I will. Um, are, you, are you on a light phone? Because if so, <laughs> Good one, Jesse. Um, <laughs> subscribe now at relevantmagazine.com. You'll get the new issue when it comes out. Um, it's only like a buck a month, and you'll be supporting the show and we think you'll like the the magazine so we're certain we i'm certain you can say we think because you gotta be humble oh it's amazing thank you all right on that note we'll wrap it up i'm cameron strang i'm eddie kaufholtz i'm chandler strang i'm jesse carey i'm joy agertreed we'll see you next week now this is a story all about how my life got split turned upside down and i'd like to take a minute just sit right there i'll tell you how i became the prince of a town called bel-air Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out.
It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. I begged them to lead her with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class show, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel-Land living like? Hmm, this might be all right. But wait, I hear the prissy food line all that. Is this the type of place that they just send this cool cat? I don't think so. I see when I get there. I hope they're prepared for the Prince of Bel-Air. Someone has this crazy manatee breeding scheme, and they don't even know how to tell the genders of these beasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.